Craig Groeschel was a member of a fraternity on the campus of Oklahoma City University. Craig was a ringleader of much of the trouble that his fraternity was in. And as a PR move, he decided to start a Bible study. But there was a problem. He didn't own a Bible. He was walking across the campus one day, the day that he planned to start the Bible study, and he rounded a corner, and there was a Gideon uh, handing out testaments. I had one in my pocket. I don't know where it is. Anyway, I must have given it away already. But anyway, <clears throat> so there's this Gideon handing out testaments, and Craig thought, wow, maybe there is a God, and maybe he just acted. So Craig took that testament, and he read in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. At that moment, Craig was born again. Today, he pastors Life TV Church. One testament changed countless lives for Christ. Giddings International was founded by three Christians. Christian businessmen in Wisconsin in 1899. Today, 300,000 plus Gideons and their auxiliary wives are in active ministry in 200 countries, over 200 countries and provinces of the world, placing Bibles and portions thereof in the hands of men, women, boys and girls, for the purpose of seeing them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, locally, our Gideons and Auxiliary have witnessed and placed scriptures in on the campuses of uh, Central Wyoming College, University of Wyoming, uh, Logan State uh, University in uh, Logan, Utah, and uh, the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, to name but a few of uh, the places that you have sent us as missionaries uh, to do the work of uh, placing God's word into the hands of, of students, of uh, faculty, and uh, most uh, recently, uh, Kathy and I were privileged, uh, like I said, to uh, be on the campus of, uh, of the University of Utah in uh, Logan, Utah, uh, where uh, along with uh, other uh, Gideon's an auxiliary from around our Intermountain uh, Association. Uh, we had the privilege of placing uh, 2,650 uh, scriptures. And uh, it was just, uh, for me, uh, I love doing it. Uh, I got started uh, going to on-campus ministries in uh, 1996, uh, when my son was a freshman at the University of Wyoming, went down there and uh, helped with the distribution. And uh, uh, Kathy and I try to go there every year. Uh, uh, COVID kind of interrupted that a bit. But uh, Central Wyoming College, uh, we've uh, uh, go there. Uh, we've been going in October when it's nice and crisp and chilly. And uh, and we, we have uh, pretty good receptivity there. And uh, uh, University of Wyoming, uh, we went down there last fall, uh, placed uh, 1,400 
scriptures into the hands of those uh, students at the University of Wyoming. And uh, anyway, uh, we just uh, love uh, the ministry that uh, the church gives us to do and provides uh, financially for. So thank you, church. Uh, I want to uh, just uh, share with you. Uh, so uh, we have, like I said, ministry in uh, over 200 countries and provinces of the world. Um, I want to give you a picture of, of the need. Uh, we have unfulfilled orders. So Gideon's International does not script, ship scriptures on credit. Uh, they're paid for. The shipping costs and uh, scriptures printing are paid for before they ever leave the dock on a container ship for somewhere in the world. So uh, we have uh, outstanding orders for 900,000 scriptures in India, 847, uh, 479 in Brazil, 250, <clears throat> 250,000 in Myanmar, uh, 200,000 needed in the Philippines, uh, 200,000 in uh, Vietnam, 100,000 in uh, uh, Bangladesh. And uh, uh, it says that we are at 32.3% of our goal for the fiscal year. Um, I want to uh, just step down here a minute, and then uh, uh, Anthony is going to uh, turn on my... Uh, video testimonies and stuff. But um, as we're talking about Pastor Tom and uh, Carrie, and uh, if, uh, you know, you want to uh, to honor them with a, a gift of Bibles, which, uh, you know, I know they would really appreciate it. They, they really appreciate other gifts as well. But uh, there's cards here. Now, these cards uh, are a card that you would send or give to them personally. And uh, in here, you, you can designate a number of scriptures that you would want to give in their honor. And, uh, and then uh, uh, you fill out this card, and, uh, and then uh, you send a donation to the Gideons. And uh, that's the way you can honor uh, somebody you want to honor. These uh, cards right here... Uh, are kind of preloaded for uh, pastors. And uh, so I'm going to have this out in the foyer after the service. And uh, if you want to use one of those cards, you can use them. If you want to uh, uh, give a card in recognition like a graduate, there's cards for that. Uh, thinking of you, uh, you know, uh, a lot of thinking of you instances probably that you can think of. And then in sympathy and uh, in memory cards are here as well. So uh, a way to give uh, without, you know, spending money on flowers that, you know, are here today, gone tomorrow. But uh, the Word of God goes on forever. Anthony, if you would uh, just roll the videos, please. As Christians, we're all called to be engaged in the Great Commission. 
The Gideons International is a wonderful way for Christian business and professional men to engage that commission from our Lord. Of course, we all understand the power of making God's Word available to people. But beyond those periodic scheduled distributions are the daily encounters that the Lord brings across our paths. I'm referring to the second of the three means by which we achieve our singular purpose of winning the loss for Christ. The personal testimony and personal work by individual Gideons. Of course, personal testimony derives from a man's relationship with Christ and personal work involves what a man does in bringing others to Christ as a result of that relationship. While some of us look forward to every opportunity to share the gospel, others struggle in this area. The Gideons provide a lot of support for our membership in this area, and today we're going to talk about personal witnessing and how we might become more comfortable and more effective. Our guest today is USA Field Manager Reza Rosti. I'm Eric Sobek. Welcome to Membership Cafe. Reza, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate that. The topic of uh, personal witnessing can be an intimidating topic for sure. some folks. Sure. How do you respond to the, to the member that says, uh, I, I want to do better, but I just, I, I feel ill-equipped? Sure, yeah, so personal witnessing can certainly be daunting to folks, especially those that haven't really been familiar with it or accustomed to it, or it's not just a natural part of their lifestyle. I know a lot of folks can tend to be introverts, and so they look at trying to approach somebody and think, what do I say to someone? How do I do this? What yeah. if the person doesn't receive it? So this is what I would really say. Uh, the first thing is to understand that our confidence really has to be in the Lord. Mm -hmm. God has to do it. Uh, I know scripture reminds us that none come to the Father unless he's drawing them. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a lot better about myself. Yeah. I don't have to worry about putting all that pressure on me to, to make sure that I'm saving anybody. Only God can do that. Oftentimes it can be tempting to think, oh, I've got to say this or say that or have some kind of particular formula. But the reality is, is it could look different every single time. We don't know how that conversation is going to go. We don't know how the Lord may want to speak to a person's life or what they're, they're going through. The beauty of it is we get to experience firsthand the Holy Spirit moving on someone's life. And that is contagious. It's exhilarating. Ooh. When you experience God at work, you get excited. And then you say, wow, God just did something amazing there. And if he can do that, then I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next. Yeah. So it becomes more about an anticipation rather than a burden or a requirement or something that's daunting. Because again, God's doing it, not us. Yeah, that uh, I like how you said that uh, we don't we don't know where the conversation will go. That can be that's sort of the thing that can hold a person back. Yeah. So that's good encouragement to help people work through that. Tell us a little bit about. Um, what we have to help a member be effective in personal witnessing. Absolutely. So we've got wonderful tools that are available to all of our members to be more effective in their personal witnessing. You were mentioning earlier being a little bit afraid of that moment, thinking, oh no, what's going to happen? How is this conversation going to go? The truth is we're in a spiritual battle. And so when that happens, the fear creeps in and we're thinking, oh Lord, how are we gonna do this? And so just having the tools that are available to help us make it so much easier. 
In fact, the personal worker's testament, this has been one of the most valuable witnessing tools that I have personally ever come across. And the reason that it's so valuable is because it makes it so simple to engage with someone. In the front, there's the helps about on the third page in. A lot of times people may have some familiarity with scripture. Maybe they're believers or backslidden, or maybe they have no understanding of scripture at all. But to even show them the helps, they may be going through anxiety, depression, loneliness, fear. These are very common things that a lot of folks go through. Even suicide, temptations, all kinds of things. And it's so easy to just point them and to say, hey, if you're going through any one of these things, there's scriptures, there's a page number, they've all got page numbers, it's so easy to use. What I like to do also is pray, and as I'm opening up and sharing it with someone, I'll even say, God, would you point my finger, put my finger to point whatever it is that they might be going through. And it's amazing how over the years God has honored that and used that. And, and sometimes it doesn't even look like that that could be anything that they're going through, but yet they really are. Mm. And so that's a great way to break the ice. And then just to show them the back, the plan of salvation, so simply and easily put. If you're not that comfortable with sharing the gospel or you're not that familiar with the scripture related verses, it's as easy as opening this up and just reading. God loves you. All are sinners. God made a remedy for that sin anybody can be saved and there's a place for them to even sign and date their name if they pray and receive Jesus as their savior all that can literally be done in a matter of mere seconds so let's say you're in a busy place it's an environment where you're thinking I don't know how much time I might have with someone even to plant a seed by showing them the helps in the front walking them through that plan of salvation can mean a lot to them and then as God opens the door the conversation continues you can explore that further that's one of the witnessing tools that we have available. Oh, In addition, more. yeah, there's there's plenty more. <laughs> so we have the, the Bible app card, which is highly valuable for folks that may speak another language. Maybe they're more content with using their smartphone, the electronic version. It's available right on the Bible app. They can download it. The instructions are there. So this is a tremendous resource for them. Do you use that? I need to, I'll be honest, confession, I need to have these on me more regularly so that I can use it more. But even without the card, you can still point people to it by pulling out your phone and showing it to them on the phone, which is really wonderful to do because you can actually play it for them in their native language. Yeah. So that's pretty a pretty neat tool. I've done that myself. It's very impactful. Yeah. In addition, it's also got the helps in the plan of salvation right on the, the electronic app. So yeah. do you have any other insight with the Bible app you want to share? I just have been impressed at people's receptivity when they hear it in their in their native tongue. They get excited, uh, huh? Yeah, whether they're from uh, India or uh, Nigeria or Kenya, I've, I've, I've run into those people groups here and they hear it. Uh, it's been very impactful. A lot of times in conversations, the Holy Spirit will also bring up not only things to talk about and discussions and topics, uh, maybe something that someone's going through, but also scripture. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to also have that scripture in your heart so that as the Lord brings it to your mind, you can share that with the individual. And so in addition, another resource that we have is a scripture memory course packet. And what this will do is just help you to walk through some key scriptures to help you to know some of those foundational scriptures that you can share with people as you're, you're witnessing to them or, or walking them through the gospel. And so the scripture memory course, that's a wonderful tool. It's hard to share something that you don't already have, huh? You need to know the scripture. Yeah. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect in our complete understanding of all the scriptures in the Bible, but it is so helpful to have those key verses. I remember one day God put a, a young lady next to me and she began to share she was thinking about committing suicide. 
And God brought to me Jeremiah 29, 11. God's got plans for you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Right. right. And so having those scriptures in our heart can be so helpful in a very pivotal time in someone's life that they need to really hear from the Lord. And so we might not always have it on our person. We need to have it in our heart, in our mind, so that the Spirit of God can use that as we endeavor to be witnesses. Some other practical resources that we have, too. So sometimes people might think, well, that, that's all well and good, but I'd like to kind of delve a little bit further into just conversational evangelism. What are some practical applications I can take in my daily life? How can I pray more intentionally, more effectively? And so we've got these witnessing books that are very helpful. These are available also in the Personal Witnessing Toolkit and online on The Connection. Secret to an Open Door by Dave Morrell is very, very insightful. I love this book because it's got a very strong biblical foundational prayer model from the book of Colossians chapter 4. I don't want to give it all away, but it's very, very helpful. And then we also have Share Jesus Without Fear by Bill Fay. And this book gives some great practical insights to just conversational approaches, letting people read scripture and watching God move on their hearts, making it again less about us and more about the Lord and the power of his word. So great resources there. You spoke earlier, Reza, about um, sort of that preparation about having God's word in your heart. You referenced the uh, scripture memory pack. What are the real basics with preparation? The number one basic component, I would say, is that spiritual preparation, making sure we're spending time with God, we're spending time in the word, we're spending time in prayer, and that we get to know his voice. Mm. And as he speaks, we just get to follow him and do what he wants us to do. Back in 1898, when those two brothers met in the hotel in Boscobel, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and they were having their nightly devotion, and they were encouraged, I don't think it's by accident that they read the scripture, John chapter 15. Yeah. John 15, God makes it so clear. If we want to truly bear fruit, we must abide in the vine. I would encourage the members to just really think about that, to focus on that, and to know that apart from him, and this is where that confidence comes back, because right at the end of that, it says, apart from him, we can do nothing. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. got to be him, right? And yeah. so we get to be a part of that. What an honor that is that God would allow us in his sovereignty to be a part of his eternally significant redemptive work. And as he uses us through that, we've got to share that story. Mm. Yeah, it's contagious. Sometimes that story is about uh, somebody who commits their life to Christ. Sometimes it's just the story is about the member being obedient, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. leaving it up to God. Mm -hmm. um, what, what does that look like? How can a camp encourage that in the moment? I think about the scripture um, where Jesus sent out the 72, right? Two by two. And at the end of that, they experienced God moving and yeah. they were excited to come back and share. There was no hesitation. Sure. And so when you experience God moving in your life, you're going to want to come and share that. You're going to want to say, hey, guys, guess what God did? This is exciting. Whether you see fruit immediately or not, just knowing that you were faithful to do what mm -hmm. God had you to do, that's mm -hmm. exciting. That's yeah. exhilarating. And it's worth sharing. And it's amazing how when we share that with one another, we encourage each other. One of the things that we also need to be mindful of is to be honest. So sometimes if it maybe doesn't look that good or we're struggling in a way, we need to share those things with each other as well so that not only are we celebrating the highlights, but we're also sh uh, sharing the struggle so that we can encourage one another and keep each other accountable and also prayed up. Because again, it's a spiritual battle. 
I would also encourage the folks that are, are used to it, that are accustomed to witnessing part of their daily lifestyle. Seek out others in the camp that maybe they need a, to grow in that area. Yeah. It's having the mindset of investing, right? You want to invest in something that's going to yield dividends. We're, we're used to that in our professional careers. So think about people as those resources. Just imagine if we were to invest in others and get them mobilized and equipped and confident in the Lord and using them, those light bulb moments that come on, then they go on and they can bear fruit that we'll never be able to see. You talk about a multiplication effect, a yeah. multiplier effect, exponentially impacting yeah. the kingdom. Sometimes we might think that there's so much going on in our lives. We're busy. We have all these interruptions and we're thinking, oh, I've got my own personal agenda. I need to do these X, Y, Z number of things and get done. But God loves people so much. That's what I'm learning, Era. He loves them so much. And as yeah. much as I want folks to be saved, he wants them to be saved mm. more. Yeah. And because of that, he's going to interrupt our busy schedule with divine appointments. So the question becomes, are we willing to be sensitive to them when they come? Mm -hmm. And then are we willing to respond by faith and trust the Lord as he gives them to us so that we can be faithful to share the word of God, to share Christ, to share the good news as he draws them to himself? Because the reality is they're not interruptions. They are divine appointments. And God is asking us, what are we going to do with them? Yeah, yeah, that's great encouragement, Reza. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, sure appreciate you helping us out. Great to be here. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Membership Cafe. I hope that our time with Rez has challenged you and maybe even given you some practical tips on how to do what you really would like to do better, and that is introduce more people to our Lord. Would you seek the Lord along with me on how he would like to use you in the setting he has placed you? I'll encounter individuals you'll never meet, and you'll encounter individuals that I will never meet. But with members all around the world, imagine the impact. The Gideons International is a great way for us to strengthen our testimony for Christ and to participate in the Great Commission. Let's take advantage of that together. Thanks for joining us, and God bless you. Gideon's missionaries came to Luzon, and where my grandfather was situated in a town called Panay. This Gideon's English New Testament uh, came into the hands of my grandfather and my grandmother. And it was at that time that my grandfather had the, 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 the call of God to actually start a church in Tanai. All the boys in this family will become pastors. All five became pastors and missionaries. And they had three girls, one married a pastor, and all eight children of my grandfather had uh, 15 boys, including myself and my brother, and we are all full-time in ministry right now. They never thought that, that God would move in our family in a special way, that He would call us into full-time ministry, so that one Gideon's Bible was used for my grandfather to start that one church. So a total of a, at least 600 
churches have been planted. Four generations of preachers, church planners, and missionaries, and pastors, musicians, church workers. Who would ever think that one Gideon's Bible would be able to have all these fruits after all these years? If you would just take a second with me, and I would like for you to do an exercise of your most important muscles on your body. If everybody would just smile for me. Thank you very much. I'm here to share a story with you. It's not a new story, it's old. I've been serving the Lord for many years, but part of that serving the Lord is due to the Gideons and this powerful ministry. I'm gonna take you to the campus of Mississippi State University. Beautiful fall morning, 1989. Clear, crisp skies. Front had just come through. A proud college boy bouncing his way to class. I turned the corner at the student union and encounter a bunch of old men in suits. <laughs> passing out testaments. And I was infuriated. As they handed me a testament, I threw it at them, spit on them, and began to curse and rant and rave. How dare you come to this campus and bring your lousy religion and push this on us. I paid good money to go to school here. Who do you think you are? And those guys just smiled at me and let me finish what I had to say and continued passing out scriptures. I went to class so miserable and, and angry that the young lady sitting next to me left class crying. I'd offended her so badly of speaking about her, her, her God and her Lord and Savior. But I had left the campus for the weekend. I'd convinced my parents that I needed to drive six hours to work in New Orleans on the weekends at home. I could make more money and I could focus on my studies at school. But my real mission in New Orleans was to get drugs and fuel my addiction on alcohol and, and carousing and going to nightclubs. And so this particular Saturday, I had purchased more drugs than normal and was with some friends in the car. Uh, participating in getting high and taking drugs and had the door open and the music loud waiting for the nightclub to open. And as we were sitting there, two gentlemen approached the car with a, a track. And before they could get to me, I knew what they had and I knew what they were coming with. It's Jesus. And I jumped out of the car in rage, ready to fight and punch and kick and kill. I hated, I couldn't believe it. I've come to have a good time and this is Jesus again. And they handed me the track and I crumpled it and threw it behind me and began to curse and wanted to throw my chest out. One of my friends pulled me off and said, man, they're not here to harm you. Just come on, let's go inside and have a good time. I went into the nightclub and, and began to have what I thought was a good time. And as I stood on the balcony of an upper deck in the nightclub watching the people dance below me, it looked as though the bodies began to mesh together and melt and the people looked like they were burning and I began to feel burning. And, Something inside of me said to run out of that club and, and find those guys. I left the, the nightclub on fire. Literally, I felt like I was burning up in a literal hell. As I exited the nightclub, there at the door, there's a line of maybe a, 150 to 200 people deep waiting to get in this nightclub. And there, amidst all the mockery, were the two gentlemen who had handed me the track with heads bowed praying for me to come out of that nightclub. I tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm here to apologize to you for the way I treated you. 
And they began to try to share the gospel. And I said, no, I didn't come here to get your religion. I just came to apologize. Have a good night. And I went back in the nightclub for my friend to tell me that, you know, Johnny, it's time to go. We have to be at work at six in the morning. Those guys had stayed all night praying for me to come out of that nightclub. Well, I made my way back to Starkville Sunday evening. I don't even remember how I got there in the six-hour drive because I was so delusional from the drugs. But I returned home and I was miserable. And today I can look back on those three days and liken it to being dead for three days in a grave because I literally didn't eat, I didn't drink, I didn't go to class, and I did not sleep. I just sat there with my hands in my head on the side of my bed. And that one morning that just something went off that I needed to go into my car. There was something there. I don't remember what I went to retrieve, but as I opened the door, there was that little pink track crumpled up on the floor. And I took it out and ironed it out, pressed it out and began to read it. And see, I was raised in a godless home. My parents are Roman Catholic, but not practicing, never taken me to church very much. I had heard very little about God and had developed atheistic beliefs in college from some of my professors. So this was the first time I really read the scripture and it was in this track and my mind began to be filled with doubts. Is this a cult? Is this something that uh, I want to be involved in? As I read Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 5.12, for as why, by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. But another light went off in my head and I went to my book bag, I think to get a pencil to underline the, the, the verses in this track. And as I unzipped my book bag, there was a testament in the book bag. Some crazy Gideon, while I was cussing him out, was unzipping my book bag, putting a Bible inside of it. <laughs> so I began the task of searching the scriptures for the verses that were in the tract. And it took me hours to find verses because I'd never navigated my way through a Bible before. But as I read those verses, it was as if the scales began to fall off of my eyes and light entered into my body. And for several weeks, that's all I could do was come home and read those scriptures after class. I didn't do anything but read the Bible. And I read and I, I knew I was depraved and I needed help. And I turned to the back of that Gideon Testament on October 18th of 1989. I didn't know what I had to do, but I read there that the Lord's Prayer and I fell on my knees and I said, Lord Jesus, if you are for real, would you come into my heart and change me? And I signed the back of that testament, closed it and went to bed. And that next morning, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Do you know my friends got, came to the house in the coming weeks to look for marijuana and I would pull out a Tupperware dish and tell them I had some really good stuff and I'd have that testament in there. I began to share the Lord with everyone I could meet and was able in the next few days to have an opportunity to share with my mother as she was going through a rough time with my dad. And I was in that time able to see them saved and through this period of time was able to share with both of my grandmothers and lead them to Christ. And last year to see my grandfather two weeks, the hardest, coldest, anti-believing church religion, I hate God, man, cold-hearted, two weeks before he died, give his heart to Jesus Christ. And Gideon's, can you imagine 1.6 million scriptures in the Philippines, how many of that word, those scriptures are gonna intentionally reach into the hearts of the lost 
and dying souls. Thank you for letting me share with you this evening. Have a wonderful convention. May God bless you and to the glory of the Father. Amen. Gee, I think we're on time. Um, it, you know, uh, it's Hebrews 4.12 says, uh, the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, <clears throat> piercing even to the dividing asunder of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, uh, that is uh, just one of the reasons that we, uh, as Gideons and Auxiliary, do what we do. And, uh, and it's, uh, we are established as a missionary arm of the church. Uh, about 40% of our uh, financial support comes from uh, church presentations such as this. And so uh, if you would like to give a gift, uh, just designate it to the Gideons and put it in the offering and and uh, and our uh, church treasurer will get us get us that um, another way in this uh, this Gideon card rack uh, uh, takes uh, no money out of the church it uh, you just uh, give uh, if you're going to uh, you know give a hallmark card you could give one of these instead and and uh, designate, you know, a hundred Bibles for somebody, or five, or Kathy and I use this uh, uh, really a lot. And uh, but uh, anyway, and then uh, I did want to share. I I said uh, our latest uh, missionary venture was on uh, Utah State campus, but uh, <clears throat> uh, Kathy and Regina. Uh, just uh, took uh, testaments to the nurse nurse pinning up at CWC. Uh, graduating nurses uh, have a pinning ceremony, and uh, and uh, our our auxiliary goes and uh, and gives scriptures to those nurses. So uh, I think there were twenty one graduating nurses. Uh, but uh, they also took extra testaments for family members that wanted them. Um, we, uh, as uh, Gideons, will be uh, providing scriptures. Alan and Miriam are doing these vacation Bible schools. Uh, uh, Gideons will be uh, providing uh, scriptures. Uh, we will go to those VBSs. We will uh, extend a scripture to each VBS attendee and probably family members, and uh, I I'm the scripture uh, guy here in our camp. I I'm in charge of ordering the scriptures, and I would tell you that uh, you know I'm I'm not a whiz kid on the computer, and uh, somehow I doubled my order. We came home uh, from Casper, and there's three cases of. So that's 300 uh, uh, youth testaments. And then uh, it's like the next morning, there's another shipment of 300. So uh, I am well equipped. And uh, so you can pray for, uh, for those Bibles to get into the hands of uh, 
you know, people like Johnny. Anyway, um, I think uh, I'll just dismiss us with prayer, and and, uh, and God bless you for hearing hearing this presentation. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this church and and for the support that they've been to uh, this ministry over the years. And uh, think back to uh, some times that there have been great offerings from this church. And, and, uh, and Father, uh, uh, you, uh, I believe, have more men and women who would be a fit for this ministry. So I pray, God, that you would uh, uh, guide them in, into this ministry. And uh, we'll give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.